0: Hey, what's up? This is Aiden Jones. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the 8th of September, 2020. And uh, uh, I'm not crying. I've got something in my eye. Yeah, how are you guys? Thanks for listening. Thank you. Merci beaucoup for listening to my podcast. And um, I don't know how I feel. I just started meditating yesterday for uh, the first time in like A year? It's been like a year? Yeah. I go through phases, man. Meditating. I'm like, sometimes I'm, you know, I'm all in. I'll do like three months of, um, oh, wait, let me breathe for a second. I don't feel, I don't feel like I've arrived. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) I just don't feel like I've really arrived in this moment. Just, yeah. <laughs> just, my body's here, but my soul is on the bus. <laughs> alright, let's have a bit of fucking tea there. Mm, yum, yum, yum. I just had a shower, it's fucking, it's four o'clock in the afternoon. Is it? What? Wait. Yeah, alright. Yeah, it's four o'clock in the afternoon, Tuesday, recording this. And, um... Yeah, I just started meditating again. This is like, I've been kind of off and on, more more off than on, but like probably three months a year for the last kind of three years or so on that Headspace app, and I've decided this time what I'm going to do. Because, all right, look, the fucking new restrictions came in in Melbourne, or they didn't come in, but like it just, Sunday, ugh. I mean, it just is bad news after bad fucking news, man. Like... Sunday, um, I was hoping last week that Sunday would be like, uh, okay, it's confirmed, there's one more week of stage four restrictions and then we're going to step down because the cases have been going down and na-na-na-na-na and then Sunday came and uh, and Dan Andrews plopped his fucking yogurt ass on TV. God, he just looks like the saddest man in the world, doesn't he? Um. And with his fucking red face. Ironically, he is aging awfully, but in getting older, he looks younger. Do you know what I mean? Like his cheeks are getting all flushed and red. So he looks like, a, like an old baby. <laughs> yeah, he looks um, like a fucking, like a China doll that someone threw into a pile of dust. He came on the TV and did his press conference and everything that he said makes perfect sense about you know it's not easy decisions and the numbers and we have to protect the vulnerable people in our fucking society the stupid fucking vulnerable cunts Um. so there's two more weeks of stage four restrictions and then that goes to the end of september and then after that there's another four weeks of stage three and then after that that'll take us the end of october and then after that the like it's kind of eased a bit. Basically, there's no comedy feasibly until the last week of November, and even that is groups of 10 outside, I think, or maybe 20 outside, or fucking so I don't fucking know, but I'm just I can't oh, oh, I can't talk about it. I can't talk about it because it's it upsets me so much. It makes me I am so fucking angry. And and I feel like I can't fucking talk to anyone about it because I can. Uh, So I've started meditating. (laughs) That's where I'm at at the moment. Today was day two of fucking meditating. I'm back on Headspace, and uh, I'm like, there's. I was looking for because in the past, in in, like doing Headspace, I've been able to do these courses. They're like thirty day. Um, coping with anxiety, coping with, uh, addiction was a really cool one that I liked. And I thought maybe there'll be another cool course and there weren't any that really jumped out at me, but there was a 365 day one. And so I'm like, maybe that's where I'm at now. So what I've done is I've started a 365 day course of meditate course, uh, yeah, whatever. I'm trying to do, I'm trying to do a year straight. I'll miss some days. I'm sure I'll miss some days, but, and I've started like a little meditation journal. So I'm going to meditate every day, every trying in the morning when I wake up, but we'll see how that goes. And, um, straight afterwards, right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> My grandpa does that. He sings when he yawns. <laughs> and i'll um every day after i meditate i'll just write like you know what i was thinking about when i meditated and the point is to not obviously not be thinking and clear your mind but it's about accepting that the thoughts are there and noticing them and just whatever just let's blurt a few sentences onto the page when i when i've finished meditating and um Hopefully that, what I aim, what I, my goals, I started, this is what is such a fucking swatty little nerd I am, is I I started, like, I had an A5 notebook lying around that I wasn't using, my Tottenham Hotspur, Os um, Spurs, like, Australian Supporters Club, whatever, notebook. Um, so, in the front, I wrote myself a little, like, mission statement, <laughs> Cause I'm I love a fucking, you know, I love to be organized. I'm like, what do we aim, What are our goals? What are we aiming for? What do we want out of this endeavor? And <laughs> so on the first page I put like, I'm hoping to um, I guess, notice the way that I'm feeling day to day, and then I can look back on it and see patterns, right? And uh, I don't know, fucking understand myself a bit more. I've been reading this book called uh Sincerity by some cunt and there's a bit in it where they talk about Jean Jacques Rousseau, who was some uh, French philosopher in uh, maybe the 1600s. I don't know. The book is about the um, the history of the idea of sincerity in Western thought and philosophy in society. and society. It's a really interesting book. Um, but there's one line that really stuck with me, where apparently Rousseau said that there is always a part of us, a part of ourselves that remains a mystery or remains hidden. It was something like that, that like, there's always a part of each one of us. There's like a part of us remains hidden. Like you can never fully know yourself, you know, which I think is really interesting. Um, Cause I guess that suggests to me that, that this fucking journey, this, this, uh, what I'm doing, what I'm always trying to do. Like I always instinctively, I just reflect on myself and my motivations and analyze my actions and all that kind of shit and I guess the whole point of that is to try and then have more control over myself and my actions in the future so I don't repeat my mistakes and what Rizzo was saying in that that I think spoke to me is like you can do that as much as you want but you will never get to a point of total control over yourself and which is kind of scary I guess like You know, the reason that I do this kind of stuff, like I do this podcast, I meditate, I fucking, you know, all the other things that I do, (laughs) everything in my life, I think, um, is kind of geared towards this idea of knowing myself and understanding myself a little bit more and um, I guess in the opinion of one of the great men of the past that journey is never complete and there's always gonna the reason I guess I do it is because I hate the feeling of doing something that I don't really understand why I did it and not not liking the consequences you know like in relationships tanking a relationship and and not even realizing until two months later that actually I fucking did that and I'm responsible for it and so I'm like well how can I not do that in the future hopefully I can learn from that mistake and have better outcomes Rizzo reckons nah dude you're gonna (laughs) (laughs) Everything that you love will turn to ash. (laughs) Actually, that was the exact wording of the quote. I remember now. (laughs) Everything that you hold dear will turn against you and spit at you. No, he didn't say that. He just said, be careful, bro, because shit's pretty deep out there. Obviously, I can't translate that from the old French, but that is paraphrasing. Anyway, so, yeah, Sunday was, was bullshit. Sunday was goddamn fucking bullshit, man. I had, uh, I, I do feel like, it, I do feel like I can't talk to anyone because I I'll, I've had two conversations in the last few days that have been polar opposites that I guess just kind of, are a good illustration of how alone I feel in this situation. <laughs> I just feel so trapped. <laughs> what a fucking pussy. Um, so the first one was with my friend and uh, fantastic stand-up comedian, great, fantastic Melbourne comedian, Luca Muller. Um, Luca and I were messaging as we do. As I, do, as I am known to do with my friends, your honour. Sometimes I message my friends, okay? Um. Yeah, I was messaging Luca and we were talking about the pandemic and he kind of said to me, like, something that I thought was really nice, I really enjoyed that he said, oh, no. Oh, yes, it's still recording. Ah! Isn't that exciting? You guys remember the last few weeks when the recording, the video recording, it hasn't worked? It's still recording now. Fucking go on. All right. Anyway, <laughs> focus Aiden, focus. So I uh, was talking to Luca and he said something that I quite liked. He said uh, that he thinks he and me are in the same kind of place and quite similar in our kind of approach to comedy and the career and everything like that, which I tend to agree with. and. Um, and I guess that just acknowledgement of like, it just, it feels like me and him in terms of stand-up, standup uh, have had like, we're on a similar trajectory in our careers. And so with everything that's happened with COVID-19, we've had the same amount of stuff, you know, we feel the same sense of loss because we were both kind of getting to a point where it felt like comedy was turning a corner where we could be, full-time professional comedians, whatever. And, uh, and then this just feels like it's all been taken away. And we just kind of wallowed together in a pool of self-pity and bitterness riffing on that idea for, a, you know, fucking 20 minutes or something. And it felt really good, man, because I, I do find myself lately just like getting angry. Everyone I fucking talk to who isn't in Melbourne I just, they don't fucking get it. And I am angry and I, 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 I have all this anger and I want to just direct it at someone and there's no one for me to really direct it at because this is no one's fault. Um, so, uh, I'm trying to figure out which thing to say first. I guess, that, I guess a few people out there would probably say that it is someone's fault. It's Dan Andrews's fault. And I reckon that's a really fucking selfish and and childish way to look at this whole thing because I've been thinking about um, the trolley problem in philosophy. Bear with me. I know this sounds like just I'm fucking gearing up into pretentious cunt mode. And you know what? Maybe I am. But you know what? I went to university. All right. (laughs) And I'm not ashamed of that. (laughs) <laughs> um i um i've been thinking about the trolley problem which if you don't know let me educate you on the particulars and the thought experiments in moral philosophy you fucking ingrates the the trolley problem you probably heard of it is um hypothetically imagine you're a guy and there's a train track there and um The first part of the problem is there's one train track, there's a runaway trolley. The only way to stop it is you have a lever in front of you that can flip it onto the other tracks. And if you flip it onto the other tracks, the track that it's... If you don't like change its course, if you just let it go, there's some people standing on the tracks, like kids playing or whatever, and they're going to die. It's going to hit them and they're going to die. It's going to kill them. But you can pull the lever and it goes onto some other tracks and no one gets hurt. Do you do it? And of course you do it. You pull the lever and you save the fucking kids. And then you go over there and you go, oh, you fucking kids. You fucking listen to me, man. Don't go playing on fucking train tracks, all right? I ought to kill you, right? You know what? I am going to kill one of you just to teach the other ones a lesson. They go home We said we can't play on the train tracks. Is that how you would cry if your brother died? No, it'd be way more serious what would happen if you were playing if all right, if you're like five years old, which is how old I imagine these kids to be. The reason they're kids in the thought experiment is, is, is so that you can't just call out to them to get them to move. The whole point is that you're moving the trolley because you'll see why in the second bit that I'm really fucking taking a lot of time getting to. Um, If you're five years old and you're playing on the train tracks and then you don't realize that you almost died. And then some dude comes up to you and starts going, you could have just fucking died. Uh, even take away the stupid thing that I just, uh, whatever. I, don't, I hate this train of thought. It just made me think of when I was like 16. When I was like 16, uh, I was walking to school and I used to walk across the tram tracks when I got off the tram which was like the illegal bit you're supposed to walk around and then go across whatever and some guy did come up to me one time and was like don't you you think your parents wouldn't care if you died (laughs) how crazy is that some guy just came up to me I was a kid and he was just like you could die if you walk across these tracks because like the trams might come and you know anyway so I guess we've got the answer to our question if an old man came up to you and said you almost died I would uh, react with how did I react? Like defensive and I think I was like, fuck off. <laughs> I think I told him to shove it. Um, anyway, the first part of the trolley problem is that. So that establishes the power of the lever. You can lever the thing so it doesn't hit the kids. Then the expanded thing is like, okay, there's the kids playing on the tracks. The thing's going to hit them if you don't do anything. You can still do it, do something and change the thing onto another tracks. But on the other tracks, there's like one kid playing so if it's going to hit these say there's five kids right they're playing jump rope on the train tracks two kids swinging the rope three kids in the middle but they're playing along the track so all five of them are going to get hit um (laughs) if you do nothing all five of them die but if you pull the lever you save those five but now the one over there dies because you did that thing do you do it then and apparently there have been a lot of studies where people ask this question and there's a big drop-off and people people aren't comfortable being responsible for the decision even if it it leads to more overall like less suffering one person versus five people people still aren't comfortable making the decision And there's a lot of debate in in philosophy around whether you're culpable for that one person's death then in making that decision. Do you have a responsibility to save those five people at the expense of the one? And I've been thinking about that because, like, basically, you wouldn't envy that person who's standing there at the fucking lever, right? Who has to make that decision. Because either way, you're going to feel like you've got blood on your hands. And that's kind of where I stand with Dan Andrews, who's making these decisions about lockdown because he's the dude holding the fucking lever. He has to make the decision. And it the decision is old people like letting coronavirus run through the society and probably kill a bunch of old people or go into lockdown, try and save those old people. And in doing so, like fuck with the mental health of the rest of the state maybe lead to suicides maybe some other unforeseen circumstances you don't know but the point is he's damned if he do he's damned if he don't isn't it and i just have no fucking patience for any cunt online or i mean the people who went to the anzac shrine this week and protested i don't know good for you you know you got the right to protest i guess I'd like to say I support their right to protest, and I guess in theory I do, but in practice I'm like just fucking stay home. And they're all the th- this is it's like so convenient of them to just shout about COVID is a lie, it doesn't exist. It's like yeah, we would all love that to be the case, man. But according to every person who studies diseases, it's not the case, and all of the fucking institutions that are built to to study this kind of shit. It's real. It's a virus. People die. Okay? So, sorry that the world isn't fucking so simple and straightforward as these cunts are seeing it. It's actually very complicated and there's one person, unfortunately, or a team of people, but really one person, Dan Andrews, who has the weight of this decision on his fucking shoulders and they're yelling at him going, he should fucking do the other thing. It's like, should he do the other thing? You reckon everyone would be happy then? But I also am very aware, God, I just, (laughs) whatever. Um, I'm very aware of the fact that if, um, sorry, I'm I'm not, God, let me just stop again for a second. I got all worked up. Ah, I'm very aware of the fact that my anger towards those people, like I'm not, I just, I I want to get angry at those people, you know, the fucking people who went out and, and, and were like yelling about nothing, like as if they have all the solutions or whatever. And I know they're idiots, but they're also not the reason that I'm in lockdown, nor is Dan Andrews, nor is anyone, maybe the security guard who fucked the lady in the hotel room or the guy, whatever, But I think that guy's cool. Fist bumps. No, I just, there's no one person who you can really lay the blame at their feet. It's just the virus and it just is. But I'm still angry because I, Luca and I were kind of talking about, and I guess the self-indulgent thing that we were sitting in was like, it really does feel at times like there's no group that has lost more than comedians, which I'm aware is incorrect, factually, because there are people that have died and... Whatever, but it just does, it just feels very fucking unfair. And um, that conversation with him was really cool to be able to like, we both know that that's not true, but it was nice to have another person who like emotionally believes that to just fucking sound off on, you know? And that like for the first time in ages felt like, this is my friend who absolutely understood, like, there's no way I can shut him out of my pain. He has the same pain as me. I guess that's what was special about it. It's not that our pain is better or more important, but his is exactly the same as mine. And um, just, yeah. so then I contrast that with, I fucking, my mom messaged me the other day, yesterday, after I was all angry on Sunday, I was in a bad way. And then she messaged me in the morning and I just, I snapped at my mum, is what I did because I got all this anger and I just want to put it somewhere. And I didn't snap at her in a way of like actually trying to hurt her. But I was just very like, I'll even, f- oh, should I read the conversation? I'll read what I said. I just said, uh, I, I, I was, I just said, it's not fucking fair, man. It's not fair fucking fair. I want everyone else to understand how much it fucking hurts. I want to yell at them and scream and call them names and make them feel the way I do, but I can't. I can't do anything, so just keep sitting in my fucking room, I guess. And uh, and she said, I don't know what to say. Yes, it sucks. And I said, that was when she said, I don't know what to say. I was like, I've been unfair here. I'm really just, I guess that feeling for me is like, I just want to it's like almost spiteful. Like I want her to understand, and but the feeling of wanting her to understand is a very spiteful feeling. It's like, fuck you. You want to fucking understand? All right then, cunt. Here's what the fuck I feel like right now. And uh, that's what that aggression was. And then when she said, I don't know what to say, I was like, okay, yeah, she's upset. So I just said, "Yes, yeah, sorry, you can't say anything. Thanks for letting me vent and say that. Even that stuff I just said comes from anger and I've directed it at you because you're not here. So yeah, sorry. All right. Anyway, um, wouldn't it be funny if everyone listening to this is from Melbourne and the whole fucking last 20 minutes you've been going like, yeah, can't we know? (laughs) <laughs> Just sitting here like, oh, I feel sad. No one understands me. And someone's like, my fucking mum died, pussies. <laughs> it's annoying because there is always someone out there who's got to, you know, worse off. And so there's always this. I heard a, a fucking something on someone's, on some podcast the other day that was like, you... They were talking about COVID. That's right. It was on Marin's podcast and someone or whatever. They were saying, I can't even own my own pain because there's always someone out there to qualify your pain with like, yeah, but I've got it good. Anyway, let's do a garden update. Hey, my grass has started growing. How fucking cool. Started growing properly. And uh, this morning I went through uh, on my hands and knees like a little bitch and did the... um, cutting the lawn with my lawn scissors, which was fucking real cool. And um, my tomatoes are sprouted. My avocado seed on the windowsill in the kitchen. The taproot has gone all the way down to the bottom of the glass now. And um, I'm thinking of buying a hose. For, I went round this morning. I woke up at fucking like quarter to seven this morning. How sick is that? And I went and got bread from the bakery. Opens at 730 30 listened to that podcast and then came back here, got on my hands and knees and cut the lawn with my scissors by hand. And then like still all that before I fucking got on the MS Teams call and and sat in my TAFE lecture for like three hours, not taking in any information because it's all on fucking line and whatever. Anyway, um, yeah, the grass is looking good. Uh, Yesterday, yesterday, um, I sat out in the garden with a mate For the first time, just like sat in the sun. Yeah, I I had someone over, whatever, who cares? Uh, (laughs) Here's me whinging about lockdown. I'm breaking the rules anyway. (laughs) Well, you know what? At times, considering my housemate situation, it feels like I do live alone. So, fuck you. Um, And... yeah. And, uh, and we just sat out, I pulled out the, the, like my little coffee table there and we had, uh, coffee in the sun and like the grass is there. And I'm like, this is what it's going to be, man. In summer, you know, with all the grass and it's all nice. And it's like, just, it's a nice, it's my little grotto. It's a grotto is what it is out there. So that's been feeling really good this week. The beans are coming up. I've had, I've eaten a few snow peas off my snow pea plants and the broad beans have been flowering and then they're vomiting out. The little flowers get pollinated by, by bees. I don't know if you guys know this, but, uh, flowers get pollinated by bees. Um, (laughs) and, um, and then I didn't know this, but the flower is the, like, that's the sexual organ. Right. And then the, uh, what's it called again? Uh, ovaries the fruit on any plant is the ovary swelling up once it's been pollinated so I always I, I guess when I first started looking at these I'm like there's the flowers does that mean that fruits coming or I genuinely didn't know a year ago I thought maybe some of the plants are flowering ones and some of them are fruiting ones I uh, I didn't know I didn't know when I started gardening that's the thing man gardening is so ubiquitous i guess there's plants everywhere so you walk around the world going yeah i know about plants and uh i was teaching my mate the other week like you know this is how you plant seeds and she was going like how deep do you put them and i was like yeah i know right like you don't know that you think you know you just put the seeds in the ground and then someone hands you a seed and it's like okay put it in the ground and you're like i don't know if i'm doing it right um there's all of these little things about plants that i guess i just assumed i knew and then i started actually paying attention and i'm like you know what i don't know at all so what i've learned is the ovary of the plant swells up and that's the fruit and the, it comes from on some fruit it's behind the flower on some plants it's behind the flower and on some it's like in the actual you know inside the flower or whatever like in tomatoes, you know how they have that little, those little green spikes on the top? That's because the ovary is in front of the flower, whereas other ones. What's a good example? Uh, I can't think of an example. Some of them, are like an apple, an apple. It's like in the middle, you know. So an apple has like the butt end, whereas a tomato doesn't. So the apple it comes before fucking whatever. Look it up, cunt. <laughs> I don't know enough about this to explain it properly, but it makes sense in my head, all right? If you want me to explain it to you, then fucking message me at Aiden Jones Comedy or Sitting Under Podcast on Instagram and I'll be happy to supply diagrams and, uh, and links and explain it better in my fucking own words. Three marks. Ding. So anyway, the little bit, the broad beans. It's cool because their flowers kind of look like weird mouthy things, and um, the beans like get vomited out of the end of the flower, like you know. I imagine them. They're like tiny, they're like tiny little drunk men on the ends of uh, of my broad bean plant, and they um, they've been drinking for like you know all night getting all tipsy and then the bee comes along and injects them with a kebab <laughs> and then the kebab sits in their tummy for a while and then they <laughs> and then they vomit up the fruit <laughs> and then I eat the fruit and the little drunk man dies. And that's flowers. All right thank you very much. Um <coughs> I uh, What else was I going to talk about? Oh, my God. This week on The Fucking Witcher. This week. Oh, sorry. That was a bit loud, wasn't it? This week on The Witcher. Um, I really learned something about myself, I reckon, <laughs> because I was talking about a few weeks ago how I'm trying to play this game and take the moral choices as if they're my choices that I actually have culpability over and... Um, this week, so there's two um, spoilers, by the way, but, I mean, if you even if you play it, actually, you can play it differently to me and whatever. I don't think this is a real spoiler, but um, there are two love interests, main ones, I guess, in the game. Um, there's one lady who you kind of start the game in a weird relationship thing with, and then another lady who y- you were in a relationship with, but you had amnesia. I don't know. Anyway, I guess through the game, it's like... You can choose one or the other and there are various parts of quests that you do with each one and um, the, I chose one, right? I chose the one that I had Amnesia and forgot about that my character like forgot about or whatever. I liked her better. But I only realized that she was an option after I'd already told the first one that I love her in this fucking one quest. And so then I told the second one that I love her. And then I was thinking there's going to be a point in the game where I can finally go, no, I actually choose her. Sorry, I just, I you know, I settled is what I did. I settled for the first one. Um and I was like, that was the bit of the game, I guess, because you know, I just I'm lonely, so I was enjoying vicariously living through this character in a video game, finding love, and um, I was excited to get to the end of that fucking that you know storyline arc. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna, I've chosen this one because she just seems nicer, and the other one's kind of mean to you. She's a bit of a bitch, you know. She's controlling, and your friends don't like her. I don't know. I just don't like her. I don't like her. Yennefer of Vengerberg is the Vengerberg is the one. I think yeah. Tris Merigold, she she has my heart forever. And so <clears throat> anyway, there's like just before the big fight, they both of them in this one part came to my fucking room and they were like, "Hey, this game, man. You can fuck in this game. If you really put your mind to it in this game, you can fuck." <laughs> you actually can, though. Like, they uh, both come and they're like, we don't know what's going to happen in this big fight. Um, and, you know, it could be that, like, we're all going to die, so we might as well. And uh, and they're like, meet us at this, like, fucking hotel and bring a bottle of wine. And then like, I buy a nice bottle of wine in the game. And I'm like, no fucking way. Is there going to be a threesome scene in this game? Like, surely... <laughs> Have the have the developers gone that all out to put a threesome scene? They're really courting the fucking MRA market, um, or the fucking uh, lonely lockdown. You know. So I go there with this bottle of wine, and uh, they're both in their fucking lingerie, and then you get down on the bed, and they they handcuff you to the bed, and then they go you just got what you deserve. Like you thought you could have both of us, but you can't. And they clink their wine glasses and then they leave you tied to the bed all night and your mate comes in in the morning and um, you don't get either of them. And, uh, you know, it was because I told them both that I loved them, that that was the way the storyline played out because I should have picked one. And uh, it really, it just (laughs) inordinately bummed me out because I was like, is that who I am? Like, is that... Is that the kind of choices that I make in my life? Is that how I'm going to end up? <laughs> I had to stop playing for the night. Uh, that happened and I kind of was like, Whoa. I really reacted. It was like midnight and I was like, what? Ah! Ah! And um, I walked my character outside the fucking hotel that I was staying at and I was like, I can't play anymore tonight. And it just, that was it, you know? Yeah, I I wish I had a better climax to that story, but they tied me to the bloody bed, so I couldn't. All right, fuck off. Um, Do I want to talk about anything else now? I kind of want to talk about. I I don't think I have a song this week. Oh, the picture for this week is going to be me. My grandpa um, sent me some seeds. He's a part of the Rare Fruit Society of South Australia. and he sent me some tomato seeds that are supposed to be really good. So I just got a picture of me kind of holding them over my head like that. Put them in their um, in their like wet paper towel and inside a Ziploc bag to germinate. So that's gonna be the picture. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll do a little piano update. Should I update you guys about the piano, about what I've been doing? I've I've realized that I want to play. Um, I just like I've been playing Chopin's Nocturne in E flat major. I've been learning it. It's easier than the Nocturne in C minor that I learned for like three or four months. So this is a nice little break, but I don't find myself as motivated to... Um, I don't find myself as motivated to fucking play it because it's not as hard. And I think also... I mean, like, it is hard. Don't worry. I'm not saying I can fucking play it. I can't. It's still hard. But I think I really just want to learn Lieberström, <clears throat> That list song that I... Um, that I had at the end of the podcast last week. It's just, I can't I can't stop watching that video of Lang Lang playing it. Or Lang Lang, I think, as he's actually pronounced his name. Um, I watched another video of him that was really cool, of him and his dad in that Carnegie Hall performance. His dad comes on and plays that is that racist to, to do like that? I don't know. You know that Chinese instrument that's like one string and they do a duet and it's like, it's his dad. And they're at Carnegie Hall. You know the other thing I noticed about the performance at Carnegie Hall? No microphone. It's fucking. He's talking to the audience in the whole theater off mic. Like there's no mic on the stage. Fuck. What a cool thing. Anyway. Yeah, I'm still. I'm just. I'm obsessed with that dude right now. This long, long guy and his expressions and everything. And I really just want to play Leibstrom. I think I'm kind of like. I'm trying to g myself up to believe that I can play it because I I don't know if it's going to be easier or hard. If it's any harder than the Nocturne in C minor, which already I think is a little bit beyond me, <clears throat> if it's any harder than that, then I don't know if I have the ability to play it. But um, I just yeah, I'm really it's I really feel it in my heart. This fucking song, man. The melody and everything. It's so beautiful. So I think it's going to be... I'll give it a few weeks. I'll try and finish learning this E-flat minor... E-flat major one before I have a crack at that. But I think that's what's on the horizon. You know what? I reckon that might be it for this week. I reckon. Do I have anything else I wanted to say? Nah. Fuck the protests. I mean, good for you. If you want to protest, you're allowed to protest. But I think you're a fucking idiot. Um... Sorry to my mum for cutting sick at ya, and uh, to everyone in Melbourne, I love you. And I know there's nothing that I can say to make it better, so fucking go and grab something that will break. Take it out into some private area of your house and break it. I've been, th- I've been, I have been daydreaming about smashing something. I might climb over into the abandoned house and just grab some planks of wood out of the shed and just fucking smash them up. Or I don't know. I want to smash something fucking throw a walk, rock through a window or you know hit a kid anything something that doesn't matter just break it you know i don't know i just want to i want to fucking smash something cuz i got a lot of anger <sighs> anyway thank you guys for listening to the podcast this week this has been Aiden Jones sitting under a tree peace